Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you golf's week in review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston, how are you? Jordan, I'm doing good. Good. Well, we're back. <laughs> we're back. It's been a while. Took a little yeah. Christmas break. Yeah, took a little took a little break. Uh, it's kind of a good time of the year. I was under the weather a little bit last week week before i don't know it just all kind of was <laughs> everything um but yeah last week it was my my bad i was out um but yeah not not a, we didn't miss a time is <laughs> the thing right we can go over it right rory wins a cj cup four aces although we'll talk about this a little bit you know in a little bit the four aces win the team championship for the live uh, Seamus Power wins in Bermuda, um, but we'll kind of go over that a little bit. Yeah. Um, cold weather is finally officially here in Utah. And it's bad. It's not good. Like, I actually got out yesterday and hit balls because I knew that uh, was the last warm day. I, of- I, pl- I played nine yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like fifty-three degrees, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, "This is it, guys." This, this yeah, we might act it for nine. We holes, might get like so. <laughs> we might get like one more like spell of warm days. Yeah, in the we end can, of November, but we, yeah, we may be able to be get better. out Friday too, just depending on how whether there's any snow or anything in the next couple of days, but. It's officially here. Yeah, it's, but uh, let's go with the most recent. Russell Henley wins, oh, yeah. in, wins in in Mayacoba, wins in Mexico. Um, in you, record fashion. In record fashion, yeah. He, what was he up like six going into the final round? Like I looked at it and didn't even watch on Sunday. I watched some on Thursday, a little bit on Friday, but I didn't. Like no, this, this time of the year, right? Yeah, not not gonna happen. Just like last week in Bermuda, I was at my parents' house, so I watched because it was on, but it was a rerun. <laughs> so I already knew what happened. I just wanted to see the implosion of uh, Griffin, who was like bagging groceries, or I don't think he was bagging groceries like twelve months ago, but basically wasn't playing competitive golf in any fashion yeah he may have been like insurance or finance or something um so i just wanted to see how that happened and it was it was windy but you got the you got the details on what russell henley did to win oh yeah that's so, a couple of numbers yeah so um he opened with two consecutive 63s which is pretty stinking awesome. Uh, um, on his way to setting the course record or the course tournament at, at 23 under par. That's just a lot under. <laughs> and 
Um, yeah, going uh, 63-63 is definitely the way to do it. Historically, most people don't back up a low round with another low round. Yeah. So, so that's why it's pretty special. Yeah, 63-63, it's teetering on the edge with how these guys play now. And depending on how the, the weather was, it didn't look like it was terrible. You do have to hit it straight at Mayakoba, I will say that. Um, you can get into the mangroves. I don't know how many times that uh, that was passed around <laughs> in the broadcast. Didn't watch enough of it to really, really pay attention. But, but yeah, it was well. And there we go. And Henley led led the the field in what did he leave it lead it in? Oh, driving accuracy <laughs> and driving well, accuracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, leading the field drive action, 78%. That's a lot of fairways. Really easy to hit greens when you're doing that. And then uh, finish second in scrambling, which is pretty crazy to think, you know, even if he did miss a green, uh, and he's, yeah. you know, pretty high in greens and reg, he was still converting. Um, yeah. And then um, he was second in one putts at 42. So if you want to know what won him a tournament, <laughs> it was the yeah. flat stick for sure. So um he made 25 birdies over the four days in Mexico, and his first uh 58 holes were bogey free. Yeah, I was like because he was down. only 20. What did he end up? 23 under? Yeah, 23 under. under. Yeah, I was like four. Yeah, he just blew away the field. But like I said, that's where. Uh, I mean, he was way up because what did Harmon shoot the last day? Yeah, Harmon shot Hodge five under. 66, five under, got to 19 under. So he, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think was... he had a six shot lead or something going into it, which is why yeah. I probably didn't watch very much of it um, or didn't watch any of it on, on Sunday, just checked it to see who had won. I will say that yeah. this field. <laughs> This week was significantly better than the field last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've actually got some names you can recognize. Yeah, I mean, Shep Scotty Scheffler, he's up there at the top. Yeah, Joel Damon, Seamus Power, who won the week before at yep. Bermuda. So he did follow it up with a T3. That's good. Right, so not bad. Um, uh, Taylor Montgomery, who just keeps stacking top 10s. Yep. Is on his first year on tour. Victor Hovland was there. Morikawa. Yeah. So I mean there was it was an actual field or field couple of Utah guys, Tony, who didn't make the cut. Um, and Zach Blair on his comeback comeback tour also did not make the cut. Um oh. both of them I think are playing this week in, in Houston. Um but yeah, like I said. Henley's a solid, solid player. And yep. Of course, kind of fits him because I think that's kind of his forte is just hitting it in the fairway. From what I can remember of his game, he just he gets it in fairways. And if he, you know, has a week like he did with a putter, he can he can be in contention. So yeah. he does do yep. that. And he definitely the week with the putter. Um so, 
Yeah, I, I guess one thing that was interesting from an equipment perspective, Justin Rose oh, put in yes. some new iron in the bag. That was kind of fun to see. And so didn't help him out <laughs> at the Mayakoba. What, but, did he, what did he shoot? Um, I was in missed the cut, it's obviously. Yeah, I missed the cut, like 6970 or 6972. But he was 58% greens rag on the week. So not stellar but the irons looked really good looked really good <laughs> um if you haven't seen the pictures they did get pushed around a little bit on social media but they are basically blank mira mb101s that have his logo stamp on the toe and it's that um you know jr with the red r back there so mm-hmm pretty awesome he should have put like a rose on there i thought that would have been the bee's knees but um he's the second guy to get a custom set of mb 101s from mira the first one being adam scott so uh pretty cool to see that yeah he like said he brought the he got those i was gonna actually Well, maybe I was, maybe I was mistaken. What you mistaken now? Yeah, they're more rounded. When I first saw them, I thought they looked a little bit like the VR Pro blades for Nike, but the VR Pros yeah. are a little bit more square, squared off, not quite so round on the back. But yes, like a quality looking, right? I think he's just, he's just testing to see what he what he wants Um, yeah well and the reality is this i was kind of bummed to see this but like equipment companies for a long time have had it really good on tour and i think there's enough money to be one out there to where the big guys aren't really caring about the equipment contracts no they don't have to if they if they don't want to right you can they can be like oh let's try this Oh, yeah. let's try this, you know, and they'll just right where he's at. He doesn't have any, he doesn't have an equipment deal. So he can, no. now he's out of there. Right. And you'll see guys like, I mean, Brooks did it when he came out. He's like, okay, I don't have to go with Nike. So I'm just going to go whatever way I want. And then he did end up moving into an equipment contract um, yep. eventually, but I think they have more leeway to do to experiment if you will yeah they want to which i think is cool but um yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes more mixed bags less contracts maybe more room for the little guys to get in on the piece of the pie yeah it'd be nice i mean or at least just be like okay yeah i'm gonna sign a a one-year deal to play your clubs Right. Yeah. Um, although, right, if you, if you do something good, just like there, you shouldn't have to switch out. If you like something, you know, why are you, why do you need to switch every two years? Yeah. Well, and I, and I like what some of these guys are doing 
in the sense that with today's current offerings, it's very hard to find a player signature iron, right? There's mm-hmm. like one dude. Actually, there's two, which is kind of funny. Tiger Woods, obviously, with the P7TWs. And then Patrick Reed did his grind works. Yeah. And um, so there it's very rare to get a, a signature iron, but I think I like it better. You know, why, why call it the T100s? Just call it the Jordan Spieths, right? So, yeah. especially if you do some tweaking it, right? And their specs, they were just, but they were the P730 TWs. So he did his own little twist on it. But Rory has his, you know, yeah. he has his P730 Roars that he, that he has in play, which I mean, yeah, let them do their little tweaks to them, right? If somebody wants to buy those, you know, and offer them up every once in a while, and you're, you can still get the 730. All they're doing is little tweaks on how, you know, the leading edge or in loss or a, a few things that way that, you know, they're not yeah. making a, a significant change, right? Which most of the time you're not getting, that's why they have, tour issue <laughs> floating around right it's because you're not oh, getting yeah. exactly what the tour guys are getting anyway so yeah and i i like that idea like let me see what rory really likes so i can set it up in front of me and see if it resonates but um yeah yeah for sure so yeah speaking of rory rory won the cj cup great yeah. for him um <laughs> sheamus won in Bermuda, which was a week. Holy crap. I think, and I saw somebody tweet about it. It was like, they had a 65 year old. They hadn't played in a tournament, like 12 years. She shot 85 in the first round. <laughs> and he's been the, the, the person who tweeted it out has been both critical and a PJ tour honk <laughs> at the same time. Um, but he said, how can you say you're a legitimate tour when you have a guy that's 65 shooting 85, you know, in your tournament? But mm-hmm. this, the Bermuda is where you really see the impact of those guys leaving to go over to the to the live tour. Yeah. Right? Yes, you just don't have those 25 guys, even though they're like, oh, it's a can't win on the PGA tour guys, but I'm like, yeah, but it makes that those 25 guys make that Bermuda field suck a lot less, <laughs> like a lot less. I mean, when you have, you have Ben Crane leading after, it wasn't Ben Crane leading after two rounds after he shot 62 in the second round. I think that's what it was. Maybe it was just after the first round, but it's like, yeah, it's not, or that yeah, that was the Bermuda. He was leading after two rounds after he shot 62 in the second round. Fell off, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But another Utah news. We had two two potential corn fairy players are vying for yeah. corn fairy status. Uh Peter Quest, who it's kind of been a disappointment from all the hype that he had coming out of college. I mean, in Utah anyway, right? They are like, oh, he's going to be better than Patrick Fishburne, who is a current Corn Ferry player who missed uh, getting to the tour 
getting his tour card in the finals, just barely. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after a few years hiatus, uh, Mr. Daniel Summerhays is back after, a, I think it was like a tie 17th um, finish at finals. So he gets eight guaranteed starts. Oh, good um, for him. On the Corn Ferry Tour. So that's good. Yeah, Daniel is a good dude. And happy for him to get back out there. But in other golf news, which, like I said, I was a little disappointed that you weren't more excited about this. Um, I thought I'm, but in talking, it's, you've realized that. <laughs> Tiger is not at his best. Yeah. But Tiger will officially make his return in the Hero Challenge. He has added himself. He is one of the three now to, to be announced spots. So he's back. Yeah. He's back. Oh, and so we'll we'll see. I mean, the big thing this week was he was he was caddying for his son Charlie at an event. I'm like, which is what dads yeah. do, which is crazy. I don't know. It seems right. like so, something that the dads do. Um, but it's so weird. But, yeah. uh, you, I mean, you kind of knew yeah. that this was going to happen. <laughs> he just it, he yeah. builds the suspense. He's a, although his team is great at at building suspense and releasing stuff at at the right times. I um I don't know how Charlie did. I didn't even think to look at the scores in the Nota Begay, but um, yeah, most of it was like, is Tiger walking? <laughs> yeah. How, how does he look when he walks? Did he did he magically grow back a calf muscle in his leg? Um, no. At, yeah, he'll be in the hero. That I, I'm going to obviously watch it. And I always <laughs> was the guy that was like, Tiger can come back. Tiger can come back, but you, have you, know, you finally it's, it's like? Have you finally said he's just not going to be there anymore? I honestly, honestly, say, say and maybe it say it ain't so. I know, and I'm like <laughs> diehard. I really am, you but and it hurts me to say this. It, but as I was saying, it's like it's like that point where you realize your dad's just human. You know, like oh, he's not like invincible anymore and that's kind of happened for me but you know i got to experience tiger during the glory days right like oh do i want to hit this 370 on command oh here we go like that's a tiger i grew up with so even watching tiger in 20 you know 18 2019 he wasn't necessarily one of the longer players on tour and it's like whoa this is a different tiger um, but it's still awesome, you know, to see his comeback after his back surgery and, and whatnot. But when you have at pieces of your leg missing, it's just not the same. Um, so that's, that's usually, <laughs> it can be a hindrance. I don't know. Just, you know usually so. doesn't, doesn't bode well for, for yeah, hitting it like I, you, you used to. And I don't hit it like I used to either. I'm just old and fat and gray. But um, 
you know that's just what happens to all of us and um but if he has the endurance then i say anything's possible but i just don't know if that's there and i haven't seen anything to to actually like verify that you know right except you know him walking in the majors and that just like totally destroying him so yeah like i said it's but, it's it's a tough one it really is yeah so lt gray let's see how old is Charlie Woods? I'm just looking it up here really quick. He See? he looked like he just grew like five years. Like he's starting <laughs> to fill out, I think. It's pretty cool. I'm like, is he 13 him, like, or is he 13 or 14? A young tiger. He's gonna be 13, right? Yeah, so he was. 15th place, 72-69 through, oh, through two rounds so far. Um, Still he is 11 back. Whoa. Whoa. So, but he's only six back of seven, second place. So the dude who's leading is, is dominating. So... Is he just mm -hmm. tearing it up? Yeah, twelve hundred. Next one's a seven. So there you go. That's the that's the update there. Um, yep. but live news rumors. Fetch mm, Reed suing somebody again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that dude. Like I said, as I put in my notes here, he's giving away lawsuits like Cobra was giving away cars. He's like, you get a lawsuit and you get a lawsuit. Uh, he just, we talked about two people that just need to kind of go away for a little bit. And Patrick Reed's one of them. And Roy McElroy's the other one. He's the waffle king right now. And I'm just tired of having to hear every week how he's saying something different about that the two tours need to come together or that he's, he's just got some number in his mind, 33, which coincidentally is like one more week than Greg Norman was at number one. He's like, it's just, it's just the number sounds right. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> that's number doesn't sound right. He's so calculated, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So he just needs to go away for a little bit. Just play golf and just say, you're not, Talking about live tour. I'm playing on the PGA tour. I've said my piece. And wait till my uh tomorrow league, whatever it's futuristic space league, whatever it is, comes comes to be comes to be. Which that did come out with the whole list of investors, which no crap. You've got to couple of high profile athletes that get other high profile athletes to to invest in a company. Weird. Weird. So interesting. Yeah, like that never happens. That never happens. That's weird. It's like a first. So but I think the the 
kind of juiciest stuff was the the players that are now strong links to it. Xander Schauffele, which they say mm. the report is, is that he's coming on as captain of uh, Torque GC. Um, and then he's bringing along his good buddy, Patrick Cantley, And then Mito Pereira, Thomas Peters, and Matt Kutcher also rumored to be going. So in my estimations, that's five. Five of the seven that <laughs> Greg says that they're looking for. Whether that happens, like I said, I, anymore, there's a lot of these rumors that have come out in the last month or so that there's not been any movement. So we will see. But yeah. uh, if they get those, I mean, Peters is solid. Mito is a really good young player. And obviously Xander and Patrick are, are top ten players. <laughs> oh yeah. So those would be those would be huge gets. So we will totally. see. Matt Kuchar just, just doesn't want to pay better. his caddy. Matt Kuchar just like, hey, wait, you're gonna pay my caddy fees? I'm in. I'm in. I <laughs> am in. So, right. No, there was some exciting stuff with Liv, and, and maybe we'll cover this, but um yeah. Uh, that was actually really entertaining golf to watch. I did. And I, like I said, I watched more of that than any other golf in the past three weeks. This match element to it. And it really did come down. And it was a great golf course, right? The Blue Monster. Yeah, the Blue Monster. And uh, seeing them come through in the end and DJ locking it up. And it, it, I mean, don't get carried away with this because it didn't quite have it. But the team aspect and feel reminded me of the Ryder cup where it was like, Oh, Patrick Reed secured this birdie on this hole at the same time while the other players were playing and it made it. So DJ didn't have to make a birdie to win. You know what I mean? Yes. It just had that element to it. There um, was, I mean, there was a lot of like the format was the one thing that was like weird about it is, is it went from a match play format into a stroke play format. But in the team format, which the shout was, all four scores counted on the last day. So you couldn't bury anybody, right? And this mm-hmm. is where, and like people were like, gave uh, freaking Pat Perez like a whole bunch yeah. of crap. I go and should have gave his winnings to his team. I'm like, he, there was like, Probably 75% of the tournaments where two of his three scores counted. He just had one <laughs> pretty bad day, which dropped him down the field. Where the other guys were shooting like, you know, they'd shoot like one under, you know, two under, three under. So they're all under par where he'd go three under, two under, and then like five over, <laughs> which would just absolutely kill it. Right. But he came up clutch, right? You guys they had all guys in the, in the final round. I think DJ was at two. Pat Perez was at three. Um, and then the other two guys were like even or one under if, if I recall. Right. Yeah. But the only reason team punch was <laughs> kind of vying for that. Yeah. So 
yeah, three of them, Pat Perez, Patrick Reed, and Dustin Johnson all shot two under, and Taylor Gooch shot one under. So that's just a solid team, right? Whereas you got Punch GC where Cameron Smith carries the team. He's seven under, Leishman is two over, Matt Jones is two under, and Wayne Norsby was one over. So mm-hmm. you have one guy carrying the entire team. Then, right, so it's you have to get a team effort in that final one to win it, right? You can be the best team, but if you have, like, two guys that don't play well that week or that day, for that yeah. 18 holes, you're not going to win that that team championship, whether you've dominated the entire time. Oh, yeah. Or not. And to see it where yeah. you had two individual matches and then a then an alternate shot match was kind of cool within that um within the match play format of it. It was like I said, a little new, a little different. Um so it'll be it will be interesting to see what tweaks they make next year we already know they're going to 14 events so yep. we'll see we I, will see. I mean hope they get a tv contract because mm-hmm. then it could really expand yeah i think if they get a tv contract and like i said i think end of the year sometime in december they're going to announce official changes as well um, I don't know when they're um, what their official official schedule looks like yet. I don't think they've they've announced it yet. Um, but when it starts, but it'll be interesting. Fourteen events, um, new players obviously because they want them there, so the they'll get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when they start announcing players that are that are there, and when they start announcing events it, and changes. Gonna be, I think, I think the list you put together was pretty pretty solid, right? Yeah. Um, we still think there's a good chance that Victor's going to go. Like a, <laughs> a curveball in there right like right. who knows and probably justin thomas won't but what if he did like that would just that yeah. would really change things so you never yeah. know i mean there's been some rumors that hideki was going and then he talked to to tiger and tiger talked him out of it or whatever but well because i tiger, mean ho- yeah his own investment right but Hopefully, if that's the case, hopefully Hideki sees that and goes, well, screw you, Tiger. You only wanted me to stay because that bolsters the PGA Tour brand, which helps yeah. bring you money. So Exactly. It, it's like, I mean, think about this. You're a professional golfer. You, you're already on the PGA Tour, and you, you have the opportunity to participate in secondary exhibition golf event. Are you going to play digital golf? Are you going to play real golf? Yeah, real golf all day. All day. Real golf every single time. It's like, hey, do you want to play, you know, 18 holes on my track, man? Or do you want to go play 18 out the, lo- the local course? Like, every time it's outside. 
So it's, I don't know how they're gonna angle this. Yeah, it'll be just yeah. It's another way for the, the top players to to get funneled money, is all. Yeah. Speaking of money, DP money. World Tour found some cash. Just yeah, they, they're back in they the truck. Must up. have done something creative finance because yeah. they miraculously right. came up with a hundred and forty-four million extra dollars to put into their tour. So weird. It's some great investments. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So all we know is it wasn't there before. Yeah, it wasn't. Now it is. Yeah, and just like the um, the PJ Tour. If you play a certain amount of events, you're guaranteed like it's like 150,000. 50 grand. Yeah. 150 like, grand, which is, I mean, that's pretty great. Yeah. It's not too bad for what they're doing. So. Especially for the DP World Tour. I mean, this is basically the second point five best tour in the world right now. So. It's, 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 well, let's be honest, it's really right below the corn fairy right now. With the people that it are coming over from people that are coming over from the corn fairy tour moving to the PGA tour are performing pretty significantly better than the top guys that week in and week out on the DP World Tour. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's the third best tour in the world right now. I, I well, mean, like, as far as the what the official, because I think Liv has the opportunity to be their fit. Yeah, they they still need a few more players to get to that that point. But hmm, it's just how, it's just funny. How cool would it be if the PGA Tour decided that the Corn Ferry Tour and, and the European Tour? now merged into one global tour that fed into the PGA tour. Because basically they're both feeding in anyways. They're both feeding in anyway, yes. Yeah, so it's like they're kind of just competing against each other and since they already own each other, why don't they just combine it, dissolve the European tour, dissolve the Corn Ferry, and make it the global feeder tour. That that to me makes sense because then you just got all the talent together. And then you've got, you know, something that's that's worthwhile to watch. Like, wow, this is the the global tour. So I don't know, shoot from the hip, but I like it. Yeah, it would be it'd be interesting, right? You'd have enough tournaments. I don't know how you you'd separate them, but I mean, you'd have an extended. Seems like they play the European or the DP World Tour. Uh, quite a bit later into the season and they start the corn ferry earlier in the season. So they could kind of run it on that way. And then you just, you, but if they did that, guess what they couldn't do for the PG tour. They, they couldn't get that, that middle Eastern, <laughs> the middle Eastern money. They couldn't go to the UAE and play the, they, they couldn't cherry pick those events. <laughs> Mm, that's blood money. This, Don't touch that. For the tour. Uh, well, they could. They would just have to add it to the actual PGA Tour schedule yeah. as a yeah. as an invitational 
upper tier event, which invite only. Yeah, something like that. But well, know. let's dive into for... some equipment. Yeah, what's in the bag? Russell Henley, uh, the Mikoba. And uh, if you like Titleist, then this is probably the bag for you. But uh, a couple of curveballs here that I'm going to highlight. Um, he's got the Titleist TSI-3, which isn't too much of a surprise. It is the previous Titleist model, yes. but still a good driver. And they're still quite balanced in how they're used on tour. I, I couldn't say if they were 50-50 in TSI or TSR, but right. um, yeah, it, it's still a popular driver. The uh, The three-wood is a little older the ts3 so this is three generations ago and um following suit with the trend of more of a four wood in the bag just because three woods are so hot now that you don't really need that 13 degree driving three wood you just need the 16.5 and you've got your four wood and then you you play a seven wood type of club and in this case he's got the tsi2 hybrid at 21 degrees and um yeah it's super well balanced at the top of the bag um and i've got something kind of like that but um i'd love to make more and more more and more players are are moving to that that 16 and a half i've seen a lot of the it's a three wood (laughs) it's a four wood um it's a forward. Yeah, it's a forward. So, yeah. And then, yeah. um, yeah, the irons. He's playing the older model of the Titleist T one hundreds four yeah. through nine iron, and um, good looking irons. I mean, all the T one hundreds I think have been pretty dang awesome. So, um, he's got that going. And then the wedges. 48 at 47 degrees, a 50 at 51, a 54 at 55, and a 58 at 59 all over the map. But uh, he's got good gapping. Mostly F grinds in the bottom, then an S grind in the 55 degree, and an M grind, more versatile in the 59. So just perfectly dialed as expected when you're gaming a bag full of Okies. And you've got a killer custom department grind wedges for you. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the crown jewel of the bag, the one that kind of stands out from the rest, which is a custom long neck Scotty Cameron. Um, so it is the the tour type head, very similar to the current Newport 2 special select model. Yeah. Um, but it has a really long slant neck on it and that's welded on there and it's got a nice cherry bomb on the face. So long necks, it's a thing. And it is, it um, is a thing. yeah, it's pretty the reason, cool. you know, get where he wants that. He, he likes Russell probably likes the look of a blade, maybe the feel of a blade a little bit more, but um, where golf WRX did a, horrible job with their pictures because they still had a picture of his uh had to have been an old putter that he's yeah. no longer using because it was a mallet putter so he'd like something a little bit more face balance which the long neck achieves yeah. and then you, you just have to be careful when you're making a long neck um 
the USGA says that the neck of the putter cannot be taller than the width from toe to heel. So whatever that length is, it can match it. It just can't be more than. So right. um, as necks get longer, you may have to make a wider putter heel to toe. Um, but other than that, you know, if we want some throwback history, uh, Tiger Woods played with a long neck putter very early on in his tour career. In fact, he won the Walt Disney World something with a long neck putter, which miraculously disappeared after someone measured it and determined that it may not conform to Somehow, USGA. Where did that go? I don't know. It's it's gone. Uh, not here. <laughs> it's so reason doesn't. That's a funny story in itself, but it's true. So you can go look it up. But yeah, Tiger did rock a long neck Newport, and um, it had a really long neck. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody's like, uh, "We need to not have this uh, be available anymore. We need those pictures scrubbed." From yeah. <laughs> existence, so it doesn't get there. Oh, yeah. But in your digging, in your golf digest, um, emails that you get, yeah, on a week to week basis. How far did they hit it in 1953? 1953 at the, the US, US Open, Open at Oakmont Country Club in Pennsylvania in the third round no less um on the hole that they measured the average driving distance carry by the way carry just carry was 240 yards that's a different game yes you know if people were to look at what the carry distance of the uh three iron on tour <laughs> It'd probably be the same, 240. Maybe <laughs> or, even a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 300 or seven wood. That's pretty much it right there, 240. Um, but there were players that got some good roll out of it. So they, yeah. they captured distance. Like Bill Nary. Like Bill Nary, was, he was a bomber, dude. He almost did a 300. He carried it. Just under, or just about 270, and it rolled out to almost 300. Oh, yeah. He was by far the longest hitter. Oh, yeah. He, of the week. Carry wise, he matched Sam Sneed and Carry. He might have hit a sprinkler head, <laughs> but uh, Sam Sneed rolled out to 290 with the same carry, and Bill Nary rolled out to about 308 yards. And this was just, and this was just on one hole. Uh, yeah. Just so. on one hole. And um, so, I mean, there were some players back there that were athletic. I mean, slamming Sammy. They didn't call him that for nothing. The guy really did smoke it. Um, and he was carrying it, you know, 260, 270 all the time with a wooden golf club and a garbage golf ball. So, I'll I mean, tell you this, though. Um, Buck White. Yeah. Dude, dude, dude was not carrying it very far and did not get a lot of row. He had a high spin. <laughs> yeah. Looking at that, yeah. I was like, whoa. He buddy. needs some help. 
But um, yeah, there are some players out there like Ben Hogan. He was carrying it around 255, rolling another 10 yards, you know, 260, 265. Um, so the, yeah, guys didn't hit it that far back then because no. average average carry was 240, average drive 261. Um, pretty crazy, but yeah, nice little glimpse into the the yesteryears. Yeah, it's it's always nice to look at that and be like, oh, I could maybe keep up with those guys right now. <laughs> Especially in Utah, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, we got it, these guys. It was fifty three degrees, and I was still hitting a pitchy wedge. A fifty degree pitching wedge, like a buck forty, and I'm like, "This is just going too far." <laughs> yeah, it's going really far. A lot of that is the ball, because a fifty degree pitching wedge is is very, very weak lofted. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm that garbage old school dude, but <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I saw that is where you hitting your. Your necklaces, your McGregor. No, I did just put grips on those, so that was a fun rebuild. They're finally complete. Um, I'll tell you what, and I think you set them down, but when you look down at that iron, oh my gosh, this is the smallest thing on the planet. It, people are like, "How small is it?" Like, no, it's it small. It is small. It's like sticking a quarter at the end of a shaft. Almost, and, and I'll tell you what, like that's an exaggeration, hard. but yes. It's hard not to hit the sweet spot. And that's a true statement because if you actually <clears throat> hit the ball, you're going to hit the sweet spot. <laughs> well, wait. Um, we are talking tonight. Is the, uh, the lead guy for Mira, he asked, he was asked, what is your most forgiving club? And he says, my baby blades. He's like, if you're a good player, it's the baby blades. Reason for that was is if you hit them, you hit the sweet spot. Yeah, you're close enough. There's, yes. there's not much missing going on no. if you're at least hitting it. It's a true statement. And these ones totally fall into yeah. that category. Oh, that, totally. They might be smaller than the baby blades. <laughs> I think they are. Because the, the groove pattern is like the width of a golf ball. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I stuck the four iron down and I was like, whoa, I forgot. <laughs> So I'm excited to get those out. The grips are dry. I put some KBS 130X flighted iron shafts in them. Super stoked because I love. Like we need to get. You need to get somewhere warm, and then get find you some old, or get you to like play like the super soft something that's like ultra soft. Yeah. Play those I, in. I soft. I wonder like the tour the Bridgestone Tour BXS would be a great ball for those irons. Probably. Yeah. super soft and spinny and then give me some persimmons and let's do it yeah i've got the persimmons so we got a set uh, go. I've, I've got actually a nice a nice driver got, too yeah just need to <laughs> throw on different grips they've still got they've got they're refinished into the old ones and i'm like ah those old grips nah <laughs> uh, that's well, one thing i, I will We'll, we'll be switching out on those, but I did just yeah. convert to a new grip though. Um, yeah. So for a hot minute, I was like Lampkin, 
I like this because they have a little bit better, uh, thicker taper on the lower hand in their cross line. Right. Size. But I still had to put on a couple wraps to like dial it in. Um, and then I tried out the uh, Tour Velvet Midsize Plus 4. And I only need one wrap. And it's like perfect. So that's what happens when you have a hand big enough to palm a basketball. You need grips that are just gigantic. It's not a Bryson Desham boozle thing. It's just <laughs> I've got big hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pricing grips, I just don't know about that. Um, but yeah, we'll have to give him a, a whirl when it gets warmer and let, let people know how it goes. Mm. But other than that, like I said, the Houston Open is this week, I think. So it'll be a little bit better field again, but nothing great. So hopefully some other stuff pops up between now and then. I think Besides that, I think that's all we got. So that's it, folks. Until next time, thanks for listening, and we're out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Birdies and Bogies. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and until next time, have a great week. <laughs>